This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant tout bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas de penser que c'est ton si bon miel qui m'a t'a pour le goûter. This is One Night Stand. What up, Night Fans? It's Friday, August 14th. On today's show, we are going to talk about probably one of the best days of my life. Definitely one of the coolest days. That was UCF Day last weekend. And we also talked to Assistant Athletic Director of Hashtag Content, Eric DeSalvo. We talk a little bit about the status of college football which will probably change in like 30 minutes because it's very dynamic and we won't get into it too much, but got to talk about it a little bit. Um, Eric Kohler, retirement, pretty crazy. The voice of the stadium of UCF. We will also do our Fab Five Moments of UCF Day and a couple little other night-related nuggets as well. And I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF Day kicked off last Friday at midnight with the opening of Bright House Network Stadium. The 2007 matchup against the number six, Texas Longhorns. So that game, slightly controversial when it was announced. Uh, I don't know how anyone wouldn't want to rewatch that. And after seeing the reaction from everyone, it was a no-brainer. I mean, honestly, it impressed myself. And Eric's going to talk about this later, but like this is the first time anyone saw that game in HD. And if it wasn't for us, it might not have ever been seen in HD. Ever. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking. I know there was an article. Let's talk a little bit about how UCF Day came about. Do you remember that morning when I texted you? Absolutely. I was sitting at my desk at work. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. When I found out about it, when I texted you, and when I was like doing the eBay thing. So when you first texted me, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Because it was only at like, I think maybe like $800 or something. I think it was, a, I don't know, it was more than that. I thought it was at like 2000 but you might be right. Not thinking that we would actually win. So I kind of went up to, you know, an amount that I didn't really feel comfortable with, but then we won. I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> I wish I wish we could go back in our in our text um cuz I remember I, I we agreed upon I don't know what it was like 2000 or something like that and then I think the more we started thinking about it you were just like screw it we'll spend cuz we had I don't know our, like $3500 in PayPal something like that and I think at that point I I was just like screw it like if I have to pay the extra I'll pay the extra it'll be worth it and uh yeah it's crazy like so if i hadn't been watching mike and mike that morning uh or if i like slept in or something i would have never known and uh none of this would have happened but look none of this would have happened if you guys didn't listen to us because we used all the money from the SeatGeek code pretty much and a little from rock'em socks use promo code ucf problems for 20 percent off they now have masks by the way so thank you guys this was all you. Yeah. We're the people's podcast. <laughs> Giving back to the fans. So, yeah, we really do appreciate you guys, each and every one of you. I know there's a 
there's a ton of interaction with us on Twitter. I'm kind of newer to the Instagram. Um, <laughs> I like had to. The, te- is it called the Instagram? Okay, George O'Leary. I remember I had to like show you how to use Twitter when we first started a podcast. I was like, "Yo, change. yeah." I mean, I was a newbie, so I was like, know. "Yo, put the link in your profile," and you're like, "I don't know how." <laughs> um, but no. I'm there. I'm basically Twitter famous now. <laughs> um, okay, so we could talk about this all day, but. What was one thing that you saw during any of these games that maybe surprised you necessarily or that you didn't remember or whatever? Uh, just one off the top of my head. So I think we were down we were down 16 or 17 in the 2018 uh, conference championship against Memphis with Daryl Mack. And we were backed up close to our own end zone. We had third and long, and it was a run or a pass. I can't. I th- I'm pretty sure it was a pass. It was a pass completed, but there was a chop block called on Killens. I could be wrong, but there's a chop block. The announcers are like, "Oh, it's going to get called back." The ref picks, uh, gets the flag. He goes to start to call a chop block, and. He literally makes the chop block motion, like says chop block, and then turns his mic off, goes to the ref, goes to the other ref, and then goes, oh, there's no foul for a chop block. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing the drive, and then we end up scoring, like, that was the whole game. Just uh, the guy was like, I don't feel like calling it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he was like, wait, 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 hold on a sec. We can't let this game get out of hand. This is huge. That's, uh... That's hilarious. So a couple things that stuck out to me. One was, and I've rewatched the Texas game before on YouTube. I don't know. Just something about seeing it like on TV, really, and maybe in HD was when the announcer, when Israel scores that first touchdown and he said something like, it somehow just got louder. I mean, that was like the birth of one of the best home field advantages in the nation. And they recognize that they're, Right away, so I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, the bright house, the bright house is bedlam. Uh, another thing I noticed, uh, or actually, I I mathed up. Daryl Henderson had sixty-two carries for five hundred and eighteen rushing yards and five touchdowns and one passing touchdown on UCF day. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's so good. I know. Did you? It s- makes no sense like that's another that's another announcer call from oh that was from the 2018 the 2018 championship game when he had like a 70 yard run remember the announcer was like but they can't stop henderson he was like (laughs) dumbfounded (laughs) as he's running down the sideline instead of like going crazy he's like they can't stop henderson and we could yeah it was funny did you see that i think uh the ucf we should ask this to Eric, dang it. I think they, the UCF football account, tweeted Daryl, and then Daryl retweeted it and said, like, respect or something like that. Yeah, actually, I did see that. Okay, one other thing, too. That Memphis game, the 18 regular season game, kind of, I wouldn't say regretting putting it on there, but I thought it was, like, this epic comeback. I didn't realize that, like, we took the lead and then just nothing happened for, like, the next hour of the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I had recently watched that one. That one is on YouTube. I think during quarantine, I had watched it maybe in March. So I think I, the thing that I forgot in that game was Matty Wright hitting the post on the field goal right before halftime. And then Norvell had actually called a timeout. Yeah. And then he drilled it <laughs> after the timeout. The icing, the icing yeah. of the Matty Ice, the D, the D icing, the, the D, D icing. He D iced him. Defrost? Wait, no, <laughs> not that year. Uh, yeah, no, that that's definitely a good one too. One other thing, and Casey touched on this a little bit in his article, and I didn't. It's not that I forgot, but like, I just the the build up to that eighteen conference championship game with McKenzie and stuff. I don't think. I've ever been more hyped up for a game. I don't even think like the NY six bowls than I was for that one. Just with like all the circumstances and everything. And I was just rewatching it and uh Mom Milton gave a really, really good interview. That was impressive. I mean, you know, obviously despite the circumstances and stuff like that, she kept it together and and really, really uh did well. I I mean I freeze up half the time on on the podcast when I don't know what to say, and she uh, she put out some really nice words. So that was that was cool to see. But just rewatching that game, they you know they talked about Snelson how he wore a lay under his shoulder pads or whatever, even though he like technically wasn't allowed to. Um, just so many so many awesome moments. Man, we needed that. <laughs> yeah, overall, an incredible day. You can't forget about. The UCF Day logo that was custom made for us on uh, the top right corner. A lot of people talking about that on social media, oh, and um, it just makes it, all- it was just it was an amazing day. I I, I didn't get through the full twenty four hours. You know, I, I stayed up for the first hour or so of the Texas game, and then woke up about six, and then from there made it all the way till midnight. But it was just a great day. Um, you know, to, so, to be with family and friends, even though, you know, we're going through these tough times, it just put a smile on everyone's face. And I couldn't believe, like, the feedback we were getting from everyone. Just so many thank yous. People want us to be on the field for the coin toss. <laughs> uh, people are saying they want a statue of you well, I put mean, up in the stadium. <laughs> with, the, with the cornrows or with the fro? Oh, fro, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to be kind of cool. Obviously, we did this before COVID. I really didn't anticipate the reaction. And I don't know why. I, I may, I'm just stupid or oblivious. I don't know what it was that made me do that. But I just underestimated it. And, you know, obviously, with COVID happening, it was... I don't want to use the word perfect, but it, it was helpful timing. But I think that's the first day since, like, February that I legit did not think about the stupid virus for one second. Nope, I'm totally with you. Yeah, and another cool thing, seeing myself, this is going to sound really narcissistic, but seeing myself and the UCF Day logo, it was like Inception or something like that uh, during the (laughs) Peach Bowl. (laughs) So now I have those clips with the logo. That was great. All right. Now that all the happiness and is about to be sucked out of this podcast, we have to go on to the next segment, which 
obviously is not one that I really want to talk about, but with three games already being canceled from our season, the FIU, FAMU, and UNC games, we're now five weeks away from our tentatively scheduled trip to Georgia Tech. The biggest question out there still looms. Will UCF even see the field in 2020? If you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said no. When we talked about this a week ago, I said, here's exactly what's going to happen. I said, I think it's right when when the first, like the Mountain West or the MAC uh, canceled their season. I'm like, look, this is what every conference wants to do. They just don't want to be the first to do it. And I said, once either the Big 12 or, or whoever cancels their season, the first out of the P5s, it's going to be a domino effect and everyone else will. And instead, it's been kind of the opposite. It's been like this weird polarizing thing. So like half the leagues are canceled and half aren't. And the ones that aren't, aren't like, oh, we're thinking about it. They're like, no, we're playing on, which I did not expect at all. And that's what our commissioner said too. So I I think we might. I don't know what to think. So, all right. I, I haven't even been able to keep up with this. Is the opener now Georgia Tech? And they moved it to Saturday, I think. As of it's- right now, yeah. Okay. First of all, I'm booking a flight to Atlanta as soon as we finish this podcast. Because I think we're going to start the season. I don't know if it's going to finish. I'll be damned if I don't get at least one game in my veins this year. I'm pumped, dude. I think we're at least going to start the season. Like, the sides have made it clear. Some have canceled, some haven't. But when the ones that haven't canceled have made it clear that they're going to play on. Which means... It's probably going to end up being something like baseball where they're going to start and then one team's going to have an outbreak and they'll have to like pause or something. I don't really know. But another thing too is college football rosters are really deep. And also, I don't think all the programs can afford to do the daily testing, which health-wise, not good. But in terms of playing-wise, is kind of good because... They're less likely to catch asymptomatic carriers. And I don't mean that in like a, I want players to be sick and be playing. I'm just saying that we don't have as strict of testing capabilities. So more cases are going to slip through and and they're going to play games because of it. Um, Good or bad. I kind of think you're right. I think that the people who haven't canceled their seasons already, I think they might start the season, but I have my doubts on whether or not it's going to finish. We're already seeing that if you're not in a bubble such as the NBA or the NHL to an extent, it just doesn't really work. People are together. It happens. You know, the some guy just got waved from the Seahawks today because he tried to sneak a chick into his hotel room. And that's not even a bubble. Like, that's not even a bubble. So, you know, we're all humans. We're social beings. We're, we're together all the time. And Well, and we, like, have to go get groceries and stuff. Not even, like, avoiding social gatherings, but you have contact with other people. It's just normal. People have jobs they have to go to. So all we can do is hope for the best, you know, support our team, keep donating to the Keep Charging On Fund, and, um, you know, it's really not in our hands right now. It's not, but talking about supporting our team, 
There's been this movement, the hashtag, I can't remember what it is. We will play or something like that. We want to play. We want to play. But then, and then there was some players, a bunch of them were on UCF that, I guess, I think we sat out or postponed a practice because uh, they wanted hazard pay, which is interesting. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, well, actually, I know at the end of the day, I will always support the players no matter what. You know, I want always what's best for those kids. Uh, unless you come back later and sue the school. Those are the two people that I'll never have their back. Ja Reed and uh, Destroying or whatever. But I think maybe one good thing to come out of this, the players are going to get some benefits after everything. I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a an interesting it's an interesting time, I guess, to say. One other question I have. So say we do play the whole season. But it's only the SEC, ACC, and is the Big 12 is the other one that's left? And us? Yes. Whoever it is. Dude, we could make the playoff. Not only can we make the playoff, (laughs) I think that something's going to go down with a breach in TV, some kind of TV contract or something. And I just feel like, you know, conspiracy theory. I feel like there's going to be some conference realignment. like before it was supposed to happen. Yeah, because we've all been saying, you know, the TV deals all expire in like 2024. That's kind of always been the target date for it. But I think you're right. Which could be good, and we could, you know, get into a better conference. Or the other side of the token is it could be bad for us, and we could get screwed again, even quicker than we would have before like the the p5 breaking off thing that people have been talking about right there's like for instance say if the big 10 you know say like the top five teams broke off of the big 10 and all of a sudden they invited ucf to the big 10 but the only people left were like (laughs) minnesota yeah exactly how the american or Uh. the big east happened and then we were stuck with like purdue northwestern and minnesota Oh, dude, that thought never even crossed my mind. Why'd you have to bring? Really? Oh, I never. I kind of thought about that yesterday. Or if we did it with the ACC and like the top few teams broke off and we were left with like Boston College, Syracuse and Wake Forest. I think that actually the, the most likely scenario would be the Big 12, because really the only two schools that hold their weight or worth anything in there are Texas and Oklahoma. And I think. I heard something about them possibly joining the Big Ten. And then, there you go. Of course, we'll get a Big Ten. Oh, so then we're left with, oh, Baylor, Iowa State, and Kansas. Hey, Kansas, (laughs) great great basketball team. So was UConn when we joined the Big East. That is true. National champs. All right, we can talk about hypotheticals forever. What else is there to talk about? Well, I was going to go move on and give a farewell to longtime UCF announcer Eric Kohler, who recently decided to step away from his position as the voice of the Knights. Knights really win. gonna miss really gonna miss Eric. He's been the only voice we've ever heard through the PA every inside year inside the bounce house. Every year at the bounce house. Did he do it before at the Citrus Bowl? I think he's had like twenty something years. With so, UCF? Yeah, so he definitely did it So before. he had to have. Third, a lot of his cl- third down. I, I was going to say, a lot of his classic calls, you might know him as third down. One more thing. Knights winning. 
that's good enough for another UCF. First down. So I was thinking, how do I apply for this? I just want to interview for it, just for fun, just so I can go and stand in a room with a bunch of like important UCF people <laughs> and make up some call. <laughs> what would my, what would my, I need like a signature thing. Like your tagline? I don't well, know. I can't, so I can't I, say, I can't say LFG. <laughs> <laughs> I would get fired on my first LFG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you would be a bit of a <laughs> HR risk or something. <laughs> but somebody needs to have their finger like on the dump button you know, for all like the live live radio shows. But anyway, funny story. So you talked about applying. I actually tried out to be an announcer for the Red Sox. It was an official tryout. Oh, the, the guy sp- who is spring training, right? Yeah. So the guy who long time was down here. He left or quit or something. So they had an open tryout as everybody. And actually, this was right after I graduated from UCF and I was jobless. Oh, so you like really so, needed a job. Yes, absolutely. Yo, all right. So, so, hold on. You've got the inside track. How does this interview go? Is it just questions or do they go in and they're just like, all right, pretend there's like runners on the corners and this guy's up. Like, say something. No, so what, so what they do is, at least for baseball... Um, what they do is they just ask you a few, like, you know, simple questions, you know, what do you do? And blah, blah, blah. And then, um, they give you like a predetermined sheet. There will be like a list of really crazy names, like a Spanish name, Chinese name, like all these different names that you didn't know beforehand. So you have no idea how to pronounce them, which is a real world situation in this type of job. Well, can't you like give practice before the game though? Well, sure, but you got to be able to think on your feet yeah, as well. That's true. That's true. Especially baseball with like all the different substitutions. You know, football too is like college. So many different guys get playing time, and if you're not used to saying the people's names right you know, from the other team, and so it's a hundred man rosters too. And then not only that, say there's like a raffle or something, and you have to announce someone's name. Uh, like, hey, the winners of the fifty-fifty raffle are Paul. Right, Paul Mioi. How do I say that? <laughs> yeah, see, you can't do what I just did on air. By the way, right. guys, actual true story: we did win a fifty-fifty raffle at the Red Sox spring training game. Dude, what? We're really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, dude. <sighs> luck at the luck sharp. Luck at the sharp, man. Jeez. <laughs> So anyway, back to the audition, they bring you in and they have like these really bright lights on you too and the camera. And they made me do like some other announcements too, because, you know, it's not just like calling the game. You have to be announcing, um, you know, this sponsor, that sponsor. I know at the UCF games, they'd be like, night fans, turn your attention to the video board for our UCF veteran of the game, you know, and then you got to tell like a story about the guy and. It's a tough job, man. No, there's definitely a lot of stuff. I mean, you you know, like, oh, well, the owner of a blue Ford Focus. Yeah, please you left your lights to, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't win the announcing job. They gave it to this guy who was the Fort Myers Miracle announcer for like 20-something years already. Ted Fitzgeorge is actually a really, a really good announcer. Uh, so I had no shot. But anyway, 
He still is the voice of the Red Sox down here. So at least you lost to a legend. Yeah, lost to the goat. I gotta Not come bad. up. Like just for fu- I don't think I would actually take the job. It's too much of a commitment. I don't like commitments. But it would be fun to go in and just like have some cool like I you can't have the same like things that Eric Kohler had. You know, you have to have your own lines. Oh, for sure. I can't think of anything right now, but I definitely will. I'll be well prepared if I ever get a chance to do that. Actually, you know, with everything going on, I bet it'll be a Zoom. Wait. Whoa. Okay, I'm dumb. He just stepped down. They need to fill this role like in like a week. Kind of, right? If I had to guess, they already filled it. I'm getting on. After I edit this show, I'm on it. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions for stuff I I can yell that doesn't have profanity, feel free to tweet them to me. Yeah, I was kind of thinking like, oh, like if we do, like if we have like a third down stop instead of like the Hell's Bells. Well, no, like after the Hell's Bells play, you know, when it's like, don't. Right. Uh-huh. And then we stop them. We should sponsor that. Like that was the one nice stand. Whoa! <laughs> like we stopped him on third down, dude. Let's go. That stop was brought to you by one nice stand. I don't think we. Have, I like it. I don't think we have the budget for for that, but that's an amazing idea. <laughs> that's <laughs> not act- yet. That's like I'm mind blown. Why did we never think of this? Yo, maybe they'll give us like one for free, just one. I take it. Like the first third down stand of the year is a one night stand. Sure. We'll anyway, so speaking of the official voice of the Knights in the stadium, next up we have our guest. I guess the voice of the Knights behind the computer. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's right. The assistant athletic director of hashtag content, Eric DeSalvo. Uh, we talked to him about. Quite a few things. UCF Day. The legend, Joey D, his father. Some amazing untold stories about him, actually. And just, you know, some other things. Some ins and outs of his job. And uh, his mustache is awesome. I guess you guys can't see that, but we'll post a picture. Um, Yeah, so let's get to that. All right, guys. Joining our show for the second time ever. Uh, He was actually one of our first guests. So thank you for that. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Eric DeSalvo. Let me get it right this time. The assistant athletic director of content. Oh, man. So close. You forgot the hashtag. Oh. oh. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, Sean. How are you, Paul? I'm, do- um, I'm doing good. Uh, how's, your, how's your family and everything? You little boy, you guys doing good? Just went to bed. Uh, you got that 8 p.m. Uh, bedtime. I read him some books, and um, we have some fun. We go on our nightly walks during quarantine. We go on morning walks during quarantine. Got to get some steps in. And um, he just uh, he just turned 15 months old, so he's uh, he's running around everywhere now. It's pretty wild. That's crazy. Time flies. So have you been working from home this whole time? This whole time. So first – uh, first day working from home was uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, March 17th. So um, crazy that uh, it's been that long. But um, <laughs> you know, in the world of uh, in the world of content, you can work from wherever, right? And so as long as you've got internet and uh, access to some files and um, 
communication tools that we all have at uh, at work, we're we're good to go. Like Zoom. <laughs> yeah, we use Microsoft Teams at uh, UCFAA, and then um, we also utilize Slack for um, our communications and content team. Nice. So I feel like kind of a silver lining from all this is that it's really given you guys an opportunity, even though it's difficult, but giving you guys an opportunity to really separate yourselves from uh, some other programs and stuff because you don't have actual like stuff to do. How do, how do you guys come up with uh, all the different things to, to fill the timelines for us every day? Had a lot of group discussions on what we wanted to do. Obviously it started out with a bunch of ideas and then we narrowed it down to what was realistic. We came up with a menu of items that uh, we thought we could um, accomplish during this time with the limited resources, um, with most people being strictly staying at home, um, not having access to a lot of footage. So um, came up with some ideas and presented ideas to sponsorship as well, right? Because we got to pay the bills and yeah. um, sponsorship during this time is huge because they missed out on spring sports stuff. So. Mm -hmm trying to come up with some content that, that they could tie into a sponsor. And, and I think we were able to work that out. You know, we, we leaned heavily on zoom calls with athletes, with coaches, with alumni, some of those um, watch party things we did uh, together with, with Mark Daniels, you know, leaning on Mark Daniels is always a good strategy, right? <laughs> so um, utilize those sorts of deals. And then the rewatch thing really helped um, throughout April, May, um, having, having some UCF football on TV or on YouTube, um, I think just helped our fan base psyche. We've had so many good games. Obviously we just watched a bunch of them again, uh, <laughs> because there's nothing better to do. And so, um, being able to have a rallying cry, uh, something to, to come together on, I think really helped to keep night nation closer during this time. Yeah, I think, uh, and I did, somehow, I don't think I realized this at the time, but like the whole the UCF day thing made me really, really understand how much people need sports, uh, which is, which is crazy it, for yeah. coming from me, like a crazy sports fan. Uh, let me ask you something. Tell us about the legend of your dad. Cause I've seen the videos and stuff like he went to UCF, right? Yeah. So here, crazy is my dad grew up in Queens, New York. It's not crazy because you can hear it in his voice still. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he grew up in Queens, New York, and his parents told him, Joe, by the time you're done with college, we're going to be living in Florida. So we advise you to find somewhere in Florida to go to school. And so my dad looked in a catalog and picked the University of Central Florida, back then Florida Technological University, saw that they had a communications program that he thought would be good. My dad wanted to go to radio TV. That got nixed right away because of his accent. Um, <laughs> but he picked, he picked FTU out of a catalog, took an airplane with his mom down to Orlando, set up shop, and went, and went to FTU from 71 to 75. He graduated in 75 and, and, and became a journalist, um, journalist major at UCF, and then went on to graduate and started working in the newspaper industry down in South Florida, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, um, down there. And that's where you met my mom in Fort Pierce. She grew up there. So um, just a diehard and worked his way up in the newspaper industry, was at the Tampa Tribune for 10 years and made hires like Brent McMurphy. He hired... Um, Heard of that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, heard of him, yeah. He hired <laughs> Selena Roberts, the one who wrote the A-Rod book back in the day that broke all those news. And I'm finding out all these people he hired, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. He <laughs> brought all these people on that, that, that we all know these days and then um, actually headed up the Florida – and then my sister came on down on her own. She picked she picked UCF over Florida State, um, and it broke my mom's heart and it made my dad's heart grow even bigger. And so my dad gets my dad gets three kids at UCF, and my mom gets nobody at Florida State. But um, you know, my dad's legend status when it comes to celebrating UCF stuff in the Twitter era started with that 2013 season when we beat Louisville, and um, he's prancing around our house down in Orlando. We did it. We Oh, that, that video. That's yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the, that's the, that's the, one of the OGs. Actually, before that, when we beat Liberty in the, um, when we beat Georgia in the Liberty Bowl, my dad chugged his first beer since like the seventies <laughs> to celebrate. Um, and he took like seven minutes to drink it, but uh, he chugged Still. it. And, um, he was so pumped that day. And then, he really was going to town in terms of just over the top animation when we beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. And he told Blake Wardles on TV, looking at him after he scored that one touchdown, you coming to Jacksonville, baby. And, <laughs> and uh, my sister was feeding me all of those videos as I'm working the Fiesta Bowl and I'm just dying. And uh, obviously the Blake Wardles getting drafted video where my dad's screaming louder than anybody in the United States. Um, we all were as a, as a fan base, absolutely. So those, though, I can thank my sister for helping <laughs> my dad uh, become a legend in the uh, Twitter world. And then I, I got him on Twitter back in about 2011, um, set him up, and uh, he's he's obsessed. Hey, yo, check out who liked this tweet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so awesome and we just got like three new little nuggets about him that i don't think anyone ever knew <laughs> absolutely absolutely um okay so one of the most common things i always see on twitter is the like like if you guys put out something really really good which isn't that uncommon people are like your intern deserves a raise a lot of people don't know like how teams have social media and stuff like that can you tell us a little bit about like your, the structure of yeah. how you guys all work together and stuff. Don't give away any trade secrets though, but. Okay. So, so our intern does, does our interns do deserve raises there. <laughs> <They're unreal. laughs> so we, we have, a, we have a great crop of interns that do help us, but full-time wise, it's myself who oversees um, the office and the overall strategy for UCF athletics on social media. And then the day-to-day -day responsibilities for the football accounts. And then Courtney Peter, who joined us um, the summer after we went to the uh, Peach Bowl, she joined us full-time on our staff um, as the assistant director of our office. And she oversees the UCF Knights accounts and uh, works a, a ton overseeing our interns as well. And um, so then who does all the other accounts? And so the other accounts, that's, the, that's what's crazy about college sports overall is the people who work in the sports information office oversee those accounts. So if Dan Frisella, who is our sports information director for men's basketball, he's also the one tweeting the majority of time for men's basketball. Now Courtney Peter helps out with that too. But mm -hmm. Megan Herbert, who's been here for a long time and, and is so good, women's basketball, uh, rowing, 
track and field. So it can get crazy because sports have crazy crossover. So me coming from the SID world back in 2011, 12, when I worked in it full time, when I came back to UCF, I have such a healthy respect for what our communication folks do because that is the role that in the athletics department has evolved so much and so much more responsibility has gone on to them because of the social media world and um, how, how that's just evolved. So I, I can never not praise that, that staff. They, uh, they do a great job and, and our team works hand in hand with them. Our graphic designers, we have two graphic designers, Chris Brennan and Saeed Alpazar. Okay. They're, they're our two full-time graphic designers in-house and, and they, they crush our look. And then Emma Schneider, is the football designer and so you see a ton of her work from when the recruits are putting out those custom graphics that are nice yeah level. yeah emma just i feel yeah. like we've gotten recruits just because of like the awesome stuff we've sent them i'm not i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I, I would hope so because a, a lot of thinking goes into that and she's able to nail down these concepts and um it, it's a big part of it absolutely so um there's so so technically three full-time designers in content, although Emma is, you know, majority of the football recruiting. So, and then when it comes to the interns, we've got about eight, 10, 12, depending on what semester we're in, um, that, that are helping out. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that many. It, it just depends, you know, their roles are, are all different, but some of the mainstays that have been in there, Brandon Aliberti, who is actually a third generation night, crazy, um, his grandfather, dad, and now him. He's about to graduate in December. Um, wow. I know he, he was actually just featured in Pegasus Magazine, so he's big time now. And uh, <laughs> he, he's been our resident meme king for a couple of years. So a lot of those memes that we put out post-game for football wins and basketball wins, he's, uh, he's dreaming up a lot of those. So, yeah, it's, it's a combination of full-time interns and then our communication staff who make it all go. Cool, cool. Mood, do you have any questions? Yeah, I don't think we really hit on UCF Day that much and how big of an impact did it make for, uh, I guess, the content team. And just your personal opinion, what do you think UCF Day was worth in marketing dollars? I mean, first off, thank you very much for <laughs> – for, for giving us a, a dream day to, uh, to promote, have fun with, get the community of uh, the Twitter mafia and everybody together sharing because it was outstanding. And so um, what it meant to us was 2 million impressions from the UCF football and UCF Knights accounts combined on just Twitter alone. Um, which so we we led the NCAA in terms of FBS teams that weekend from from Thursday to Saturday um, from the football account in terms of of of, impre of interactions um, on the on the pieces we were able to put out and then um, on another level you guys guess how many donors we had from Friday to Sunday. Uh... 500 maybe? I we don't had know. 301 total donors um, from, from Friday to Sunday, which is fantastic, right? I mean, this wasn't planned, um, but, <laughs> but, but we knew y'all did all this hard work for it, and we've got this Keep Charging On fund, and it was the perfect tie-in together. Yeah. 
And um, so 301 donors, fantastic. Just shy of $22,000 raised, guys. So wow. Uh, once Talk again, about it. Return on investment. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Uh, that's that's the deal. Is um, our fans are so awesome. They're very appreciative of y'all's hard work and wanted to pay it back, which 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 we appreciate. Um, and then uh, Joey D <laughs> in, uh, in his helmets. So I'll let you know in our secret. I don't have all the good ideas here. I lean on family members as well. So my wife is is my content assistant. And my dad is too. And so I was talking to my dad and I was like, Hey, we really want to tie in the keep charging on fund this weekend. Um, you know, $25 for 24 hours. That's a natural tie in. Any, any other ideas? And he's like, I mean, uh, I got this black and gold helmet. I could, I could throw out there and see if people want to donate towards that. And I was like, Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. And then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, he's like, I got that nineties helmet. I'll put that out there. Charlie. that is, that's, that's it. That's it right there. We'll do both. He's what, what an awesome guy. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know if I'd give up any of my personal relics and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie, but that's what makes him a legend, I guess. Uh. <laughs> so, so it's, it's people like, it's people like him. It's people who donated just because they're appreciative that, that make our young dynamic fan base that, that much stronger than so many across the country. And, um, I think it's weekends like that that ESPN can look at and be like, okay, I have we have a UCF day, and this is the reaction we got, and and you would think you had a ratings boost on ESPN you that day. Did you guys hear anything? I'm still waiting to hear back from uh, from the producer guy that I emailed, but I'm sure he will. Hopefully, uh, yeah. If if not, I mean, there's got to be some way other way to. Aren't there like public TV ratings or something? Or I don't know how any of that stuff works. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Hopefully uh, can, can find something. But um, either way, we just saw it on every single platform we were posting um, that, that people were, were, were commenting stuff. And, you know, for me, being able to clip out stuff from um, the broadcast and put it out there a couple of minutes after it happened for people who weren't able to watch, I think just helped them mentally be a part of whatever else, when the, being a part of the conversation um and everyone just just does such a good job of 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 sharing how they personally were at that moment in a game or yeah. uh the photos like we lean on the camera roll stuff so often because you and i were we're all going back and looking at those things too and i'm sharing them out so so everybody you know is doing that on their own so um creating these giant threads on facebook and twitter of, of people's um first-hand point of view photos and videos is, is one of our favorite things to just see everybody share some of the happiest moments. I, I love going through those threads on Twitter uh, of, you know, where were you when this happened? And, uh, and you found so really many gems thing. that like can be used in commercials <laughs> because they're so awesome. So there was a That's decent uh, amount of talk of some other games that didn't quite make the cut. Um, do you think that for next year and in years to come that we can keep UCF Day a tradition? Has there been any talks internally with your team or throughout this through the school? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think people seeing what that did, especially at that time of year, if it's going to be in July or August, that is absolutely the dog days right there of summer, and so um, I think we saw 
how important it is to, to rally a fan base. And for a school that's only been playing FBS football since 1996, they have easy amounts of exciting games. Like the amount of stress on my body just watching those last three games back to back to back was insane, guys. Like you're watching the American Championship game and you're like, how did we win this game? I kept saying, you know, my usual, we're fine, we're fine. But when you're down 17 twice, it's like, <laughs> but that's what makes it so awesome, though. And that's what so makes that it so game, much fun to be a UCF fan. That game, too, you know, when I was there, I felt like it lasted like four and a half, almost five oh. hours. I'm like, how the heck are they going to fit this in a three-hour window? <laughs> I thought, I thought overall, I thought they did a good job of editing those games. Um, I've seen some of the edits they've done over the summer with uh, some of these games, and they've been kind of rough, right? Um, so – I think the three hour time spent that they gave themselves for each one was good. And um, I thought the pacing was good. I will never forget the commercial break music. It's just forever, just right here. <laughs> I do TV and there were no commercials. It was just that thing the whole time. And, uh, it was wild, but yeah, dude, UCF day. If we can make that a yearly tradition and then mix in some games from, from, from the past too, but Guys, Texas being the first game, I, that game drew so much um, when it was starting to play. People were just like, I think, just taken back to a time that they may have forgotten a little bit. And and for, once again, to see that game in HD, I don't think anybody's seen that game in nope. HD. And Ever. Because I, <laughs> I remember John Cavalli, who heads up our video staff, saying, like, that was one of their first HD broadcasts for um, I think it was a day where everyone could just take their minds off of everything else that was happening in the world and back to, you know, a time where you were with family, with friends, drinking beer, eating food, you know, yeah. all the good times. And that's really what UCF football is all about. Exactly. It just furthers the, the sense of community that sports is like you, you talked about at the beginning of this. I think that day and seeing people share the personal stories. And I mean, when, when Courtney posted the thing um, from the 2018 championship game to share your photos and celebration, like that's the game that we announced uh, the sex of our baby to our family on the field afterwards. And um, I, I'll, my wife, she's like, uh, I'll never forget that game vividly going. We're down 17, and I'm trying to announce that we're having a boy with Eric after this game, and all I'm thinking about. And I was like, there's already going to be blue confetti on the field. This is going to be terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but we pulled it off, and it's just like those sorts of memories, like I have those. Other people have awesome memories surrounding those days too. So um, that, that's, that's what it's all about, the crazy results, but, but also the memories associated with them. Was there a was there a Joey D reaction video to the uh, the gender announcement? Do I remember that correctly? Oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then he walked away and gave like this like fist pump. It was, uh, there's there's some unseen video of him doing snow angels in the confetti afterwards too. <laughs> he, he's so he's so genuine. Like it's it's amazing. I, <laughs> he's awesome. Oh, yeah. It is. He, he loves to cut those videos. My mom, my mom records them for him. I, I say, I say, what's the difference between you and Dick Vitale when you're on video? There's, there's no difference. <laughs> Maybe uh, Joey D is a little bit cooler, actually. Now, <laughs> I love Dickie V, too. 
Uh, Moon, you got any last questions? No, I think that's it. Thank you very much for joining us, Eric. I appreciate you guys having me on. Always love talking UCF and talking social media. So I, once again, from, from everybody here at yeah, UCF Athletics, man, we really appreciate you guys giving us the gift of, uh, of UCF day and being able to, to bring that nation together like that. So thank you. Very happy to do it. And, you know, thank you guys for being so awesome too, because you guys have helped made this brand so great, you know, since me and Moo were first freshmen in 2007. And, uh, we're lucky to have a content team like you. I don't want to talk bad about anyone else, but I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. All right. That interview is brought to you by Rock'em Socks. Use promo code UCF Problems, all one word, for 20% off. Not just socks, but masks, too. I got a bunch of UCF masks. They're awesome. I wear them everywhere. People compliment me. I love them. So, yep, use that code 20% off and uh, help fund. UCF Day 2021. Okay, next up we have our Fab Five. We're going to go this week, I know, crazy, with our Fab Five favorite moments from UCF Day. So any moments from any of the eight games. Uh, Moo, why don't you start us off? All right, well, I went a different approach and just took the five best things that happened on last Saturday. Maybe not even related to the game, but... The first was oh God. probably about 7 o'clock. Many beers had been drank, and you jumped in my pool on my flamingo float and popped it. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry and you also broke a plate on my pool deck, nope. so you are a true home wrecker. Thank no. you. Dude, I was, doing a ce- <laughs> I was doing a celebration dance, and you tried to walk behind me with the plate. That is not my fault. It was an overzealous celebration dance. And what other way do I celebrate? You- <laughs> <laughs> Come on, right. man. We'll blame it on the seltzer. Okay. Hashtag. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. Um, <laughs> so we're going in totally different directions. All right. Well, mine, I mean, I got to go with Daryl Mack with, I give him six and three quarters touchdowns because he was like an inch away on that one where he fumbled it in the end zone. Wyatt Miller almost recovered it, but it's a good thing he didn't. He had the consciousness to not actually grab the ball because his foot was out of bounds, and Kalubiali smartly jumped on it for the score. But that was one of my favorite all-time moments, but rewatching that, I mean, you know, we start off down 14 nothing. I think he lost two fumbles early in the game, and to not let that take him down, and I mean... Just put the team on his back and to come back and win. And actually, the game wasn't even really close towards the end, which is amazing. That was a MVP championship game performance for Daryl Mack. And, uh... Oh, you know, I just remembered. Remember when I was running around on the field after that? I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's your number two? All right, number two for me was, oh, so I had to go to Walmart earlier in the day. And obviously, anytime I see somebody with a UCF shirt on, I always say, go Knights. Well, this time, I walked by this guy, had a UCF shirt. I said, hey, go Knights. And he responded with, you're welcome. Weird flex. I don't know (laughs) how to take that. But... um, yeah, it was one of the more odd 
responses. I usually get a charge on or a also a mirror of go nights. Usually, but I've never received a you're welcome. That's like saying like I love you, and the other person's like thank you. <laughs> yes. Hold on a sec. Some some chick's trying to Instagram video me. So normally, if I'm caught off guard, which happens, I'm getting better at it. But I normally just say for I like look down at my shirt. And then I'm like, oh, go Knights. I'm getting better at saying the charge on, but I've never got a, uh, I've never got a, you're welcome. <laughs> Definitely one for the books. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my number two was go bone being there in person. It was amazing, but like it was so freaking cold and we were soaking wet and I wasn't even paying attention because First of all, we were lined up to punt it, and then they called a timeout. And I was yelling at like all these Memphis fans next to me. We're, they were all being actually super, super nice. There was one that was being rude. And you know me. Have you, have you ever sat with me when I sat in the opposing team section? I don't think you have. I'm, mm, I can, we usually don't sit together at games. The only game that we sat together in recent memory was Pitt. Oh, <laughs> Didn't do a good job of <laughs> <laughs> No. Um no, but and anyone that's been to a game with me can vouch. I mean, I can I can be annoying, but I'm super, super friendly with like I will I, I'll be just as mean to UCF as I will the other team. Like I just I just tell it how it is, kind of thing. And uh got got along great with most of the fans, the Memphis fans, but there was like it was actually it was one guy who was like drunk out of his mind. He actually got kicked out. Was it was, you? <laughs> but anyway, so I completely missed that play, and I remember like seeing him go in the end zone. But like to rewatch it, I think I rewatched it or rewound it uh, on the TV feed like four or five times, just watching Tristan with the pancake and that guy just going on his back, and then Taj run to the end zone. You know, really the start of the comeback, and I think maybe. Now, I'll save it for my next one. All right, go ahead. What's your number three? Yeah, Tristan was definitely a wrecking ball on that play. 100%. Yep. So, number three for me was listening to all of the announcer calls of the game. So, you know, I'm a radio TV guy. I love all of the announcers and their different play calls. You know, I love Adam Amin, who did our USF game. So I really enjoyed hearing all of those great calls. You know, the Milton with a little bit of magic for his first touchdown against USF. Do the Mike Hughes. Uh, Do the Mike Hughes. In 2007, the Bright House's Bedlam. Oh, yeah. I love that one. The Mike Hughes with a bit of steam. Mike Hughes, the kicker to beat. Do you believe it? Knights take the lead on a Hughes touchdown. I just got goosebumps. I'm, I'm such a sicko. And then, of course, the Otis Anderson screenplay. Oh, it's a God. screen against the Blitz. The perfect play. Otis Anderson may have sealed it for the Knights. Little Although did we didn't, know. <laughs> he didn't may have sealed it because literally the next two plays were, you know, a roller coaster of events. So anyway, you know, I loved all of the calls. And then, you know, the final one in the Auburn game, it was just simply perfection. And that really ended the night on a great note. And then they played it again. <laughs> UCF 13-0. All you can say is perfection. National champs undefeated. 
the legendary clip by the legend, Danny White, who I just recently realized was born in the same decade as us. Like, that guy has accomplished so much. By our age right now, (laughs) our age right now, he was a freaking athletic director at a D1 program. We've accomplished a lot. Maybe not that much, but I, know, I mean, I mean there's, yeah, but listen, there's three goats in the world. Danny White, Mackenzie Milton, and Tom Brady. That's it. <laughs> All right. So spe- speaking of Mackenzie Milton, my number three, and I was going to piggyback this off the last one. I guess it still does. That scramble into the end zone where he flipped was insane. And again, the game I was at, that was on the complete other end zone. What a freaking guy. I mean, that kid is so tough. And if you guys remember, when we talked to him on our show, he actually first revealed to us, One Night Stand exclusive, that he separated his left shoulder that game. And that's why he ended up having to miss the ECU game later in the year. But just the toughness and the resilience of that kid. Um, I mean, I know there was a few games that he played in, but I think that was the one play that really stuck out with this toughness, maybe another scramble against Auburn too. That kid's so tough and it was amazing to rewatch him. And also, I mean, you know, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Have you seen that video of him side shuffling and doing all those drills? Yes. So I did. And I instantly tried to do all those drills myself, and I really couldn't. So (laughs) that just goes to show you how incredible of an athlete and what a comeback he's made. Or you're just Uh, out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) That could be true, too. Both can be true. No, dude, he was moving around like he never had an injury, which is insane. I mean, the, the future is bright. And I really hope he can come back, you know. It's hey, QB one in it's my gonna heart. be tough. I think Dude, we actually have a quarterback competition. Actually, we don't know if he was officially cleared though. It hasn't actually been said. But I'm gonna go with it. I think we have a quarterback competition. I think we have a controversy, actually. If we play any games. Alright, next. We're definitely playing Georgia Tech. Alright, you're up, number four. Alright, so my number four would have to be when Sean decided to FaceTime all of the players on his phone while we were watching the games late on Saturday. A few of the a few of the players who joined us were Cowboys defensive tackle Tristan Hill. Uh Greg McRae also joined us. And then to top it all off, the GOAT himself, KZ, with a special appearance by Mama Milton. That was awesome. So I didn't expect anyone to answer and then, who was the first one we tried? Was KZ? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> it was a little blurry at that point. What was that? That was in the middle of the Memphis game. So we were yeah. like, uh, like maybe 8 o'clock of an uh, all-day uh, celebration. No, but after he answered, I was like, wow. I mean, I, I got, <laughs> I'm just going to call everyone else in my phone. And I think everyone answered besides one person. So that was fun. All right, number four moment of UCF day. Hmm. It's got to be Shaquan Burkett's pick six because that's the moment I knew we won it, even though they still had a chance at the end. But that's classic UCF style. That play will never – I know there's a lot of things you can look back and you're like, I know exactly where I was. 
But like, not only did I know where I was, I can relive that entire feeling by watching that play again. And just the joy of knowing that we shocked the world. And it's just crazy how much, I mean, we had no idea what that meant at the time. We were just like happy in the moment. And to see how far we've come from that and to, you know, look back and appreciate it, uh, that pick six, it never gets old to me. All right, last up, what do you got? All right, last up, as my Fab Five moment of UCF day was reliving all of the opposing fans' surrender cobras. Yes. So I don't know so why. Many. But they always love to show, you know, people of the opposing team once we shock them uh, with the surrender cobra. You know, both hands on the back of your head. I think I have a thread on Twitter. I don't know. I posted a bunch of pictures. We had at least six. There's a Memphis one. There's a Louisville one. There's an Auburn one. There's an East Carolina one for after oh, the, the Hail Hail Mary, the Hail Mary to Brashad Perryman. There's just so many, and it's great because we haven't had that many last-second losses. I know we've had a few over the last few years, but I can rattle off a hundred last second wins or like come from behind wins that we've had you know so yeah it's pretty cool to see that and just like the surrender cobra is like oh crap we lost so you love seeing it you know it's funny because i think i was in that pose for like two hours straight during the lsu game the fiesta bowl (laughs) i was right there in the front row (laughs) i'm really glad i'm not a meme because i know i would never like anytime anything happened i know steeg from usf or someone would just reply with that no, that was definitely really cool to see. And like you said, there were so many different ones. All right, last up. I know we kind of went different directions with this, but it made it more fun. The Trey Neal interception at the end of the 17 Conference Championship for a couple of reasons. Because one, there's a clip of him in either like a defensive huddle or sitting on the bench. I think he was sitting on the bench because Memphis had the ball first, Right. And there's a clip of him saying, if we intercept it, fall down. If you intercept it, fall down. And then that's exactly what happened. Um, and I just remember that game, remembering, I was like, wow, I'm really glad I bought uh, Southwest tickets that are refundable because I wasn't too sure, man. That was a nail biter. Those three games, that's got to be the craziest three games in a row in college football history. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Yep. And I was happy to be at all three with you. Yep. Okay. So that's it. Let's do Moose Mailbag real quick. Wrap it up. First up, Cassidy. Thanks for listening. Favorite spot to take in a game at the bounce house? It's got to be my own seats. (laughs) That's what I was That's where I feel at home. I mean, my seats are perfect. It's where I've always sat. I love them. Close to the bathroom and it's close to Jeremiah's. Can't beat that. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing, although I like sneaking into the cabana. All right, follow-up question. Favorite place you've been for a road game? Uh, I mean, I haven't really been to that many road games. I guess I like going to USF only because, you know, the stadium, yeah, it's an NFL stadium and it's not theirs, but any NFL stadium is cool. And I like the tailgating, too. It's kind of nice that... You know, you're just right there by your car. I mean, there are some trashy-ass USF fans that usually 
are around us. But no, the tailgating. The ta- we threw an epic tailgate at the last yeah. one. Looking forward to it this year. What about you? I mean, and this was part of. So this was part. He kind of answered his question. He said, "I love Tulane and had a great time at Navy." I mean, I'm biased because my sister lives in New Orleans, but I'm also biased because you know I like to have fun and it's New Orleans. So I would say Tulane, Michigan was amazing. That's a real- oh yeah, I totally forgot about Michigan. Oh yeah, we went to Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that Just is a- kidding. I changed my answer to that. That was better. <laughs> All right, you need to go to bed. Uh, so people <laughs> people say Gainesville is a college town. Gainesville's like a college, like what's smaller than a town? Like a, it's not, it's nothing. This is an actual city. It's a college city. Uh, Ann Arbor is absolutely amazing, and that was fun. All right, last question. So we got one from Danny. Favorite UCF football moment? I mean, I think we kind of already went over that, right? Mine's a pick six. Yeah. What's yours? Um. Oh, it probably had to be the Mike. I think the the craziest I've ever gone is probably the either the Mike Hughes touchdown or the Trey Neal interception. Man, all three. I'd of have them. to say probably the the Trey Neal interception because that was when it was like we're actually going to New Year's Six. Plus, overtime was crazy because I had a feeling that if they scored there, they might go for two and just give it to Henderson. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so either going straight in untouched or negative yeah. four. So he had he had fi- <laughs> he had five hundred and eighteen rushing yards in those three games, and it might have been five twenty if they had scored. And if you remember, so they had one first down in the second overtime. Memphis did, but before that first down, uh, what's his face Patterson or whatever their court they threw a pass that was like I swear like a centimeter too long. To being a touchdown to the receiver, Ferguson, Ferguson, Riley Ferguson. yeah, yeah. I mean, it Patterson was Patterson was a kicker. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> Actually, a really good kicker, just not against us. I mean, this ball must. It was like just a smidge away from being a touchdown, but they didn't get that. Then they got the first down, and uh, and then we got the interception. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. So one final stat for you guys. 47 total UCF touchdowns in 24 hours we got to witness. Did the math on that. Somebody needs a montage with the logo up there. Hmm. Do you know anyone who can do that? Uh, hmm. I know a lot of talented people. <laughs> I think he gets the hint. Yeah. All right, but seriously, thank you guys so much. We couldn't have done it without you. We appreciate all the feedback and everything, but literally, it's not us. I mean, we got the money from you guys, so we appreciate you listening. You know, spread the word. Leave us a review on iTunes and, you know, let a friend know. No, we're the most reviewed and highest rated UCF podcast on iTunes. So I cannot thank you guys enough for all your support. And we couldn't have done UCF Day without you guys, obviously. We really enjoyed all of the positive feedback from everybody everyone was so happy so thankful and i think that it really just gave you know fans a time to reminisce on some of the good football wins that we've had in the past and um kind of take their minds off of things for a while so we were really happy to share that with you guys yep i can't say enough thank you guys so freaking much go knights charge on